What's up, IFL? A day late, but worth the wait. Here is part two of my interview with Mark of the Patriots, discussing the upcoming draft and the top talent at the wide receiver position. Enjoy. All right, well, let's move on to wide receivers. And uh, no uh, surprise at number one, but I'd love to hear your thoughts on uh, position grouping as a whole and, and specifically about this guy at the top. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't think there are any sort of great surprises that Laquan Treadwell is the uh, is the number one guy here. Uh, he's um, he's coming off the back of what was a really quite horrific injury he had. You've got to have a lot of respect for the guy coming back off an injury like that. He can have all the talent, but he's that confidence going up for the high ball. You know, he's 6'2", 210. You know, he's the type of guy that you want, you know, feel like the Alshon Jeffrey character. You know, when the ball goes, when, you know, the quarterback can just put it up high and he's going to beat the, the cornerback to the ball. So, you know, part of that coming down and, you know, you having that, they must have taken him a while to get um, get some confidence, and I think it did really. He was off to a relatively not sluggish start, but just kind of like an okay start. This season, he's over over a thousand yards receive, over a thousand receiving yards, eleven touchdowns, and I think from if you yes, that's not amazing lights out stats, but if you look that the guy broke his tibia and I think he dislocated his ankle um, as part of that injury last year, that's an insane turnaround for me. A few people have drawn some um, comparisons with him and with Des Bryant I think that's a little bit much but it's a good route runner you know good catching the high ball and you know we've seen it so often now these NFL teams they want they're after the bigger guys they want you know these monsters at wide receiver like Calvin Benjamin or Mike Evans um, that really dominate the high ball. His highlights certainly show his ability to, to high point the ball. He, he wins a lot of those 50-50s. But he, like you mentioned, he was only 21st in receiving yards and, and 11th in TDs. He was on a really prolific offense and he, and, and he still didn't put up huge numbers. So my only concern about him, just kind of looking at the raw numbers and, and obviously the, the injury is just that you would have wanted, you would have hoped for a number one first round pick, you know, a high first. I think everyone's projecting to go top 10. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, I think that's a little bit much, to be honest. Yeah, I think it's a bit of a reach. Like, I think it out of the top 10 would be fine. But, you know, you're in the top 10. You're in Mike Evans, Sammy Watkins territory. And I don't know. I think, guys, that, that you know, there are so many teams out there now, you know, that, that want a wide receiver. And I think you might get a few teams that want to get him now. So it depends. It really depends on the team. I suppose, and had, I know a few people. You know, I've seen a few mock drafts where they think Dallas are going to take him. I, I don't think he's. I don't see why Dallas would want to take him. But, um, but yeah, I mean, if God, if you're someone that fell to the Rams, someone like that, I mean, they think Christmas would come early. He'll be the first. He'll be the first wide receiver off the board that I am. That I am pretty damn sure of. Let's move on to the second wide receiver. And what, how much fall off do you think there is between one and two? Quite a bit. I think, if I'm honest, like I've toed and froed with who I'd actually have at number two. Um, but we'll go with the order that I gave you. We had we had Tyler Boyd in there. First thing with Tyler Boyd, you know, he's, he's again, he's a 6'2 guy. Um, Weight-wise, um, he's, he's put a bit of weight on, I think, this season. Like, I think one of the main things they had on him previously coming into the season was that he wasn't physical enough and I think he's kind of um, he's managed to add a bit more of a physicality to his game and with that sort of being able to make defenders miss after the catch he's got some pretty good vision but he's not particularly fast but you know that we'll soon see when the combine rocks up you know how quick he really is you know I think one of the things that people look to is that he didn't have the best quarterback play there over there at Pittsburgh as part of that you know he made a lot he, he did an awful lot with what he with what he had he finished he had nine 
91 receptions, just under 1,000 yards and only six touchdowns, granted. But if we also look at it as well, he rushed for 350 yards, 11 punts for 257 yards, and then returned eight kickoffs, uh, but for sadly not that much for, for seven yards. You said that you had uh, uh, kind of a log jam here in the middle. Who, who do you have uh, coming after Tyler? Um, I actually put in Josh Doxon here from TCU. I think I think he's got he's got the height, six four. He's got a bit of a thin frame, granted. I mean, I've seen some people, you know, call him like a poor man's AJ Green. But uh, he got a move to TCU. I can't remember where he was before that, but he got a move to TCU, and he does a really good job. I think going back to the same point again. You know, high point in football, you know, making really good plays, um, sort of getting physical with the cornerbacks and the safeties. Um, and he's got that really good vertical ability, I think, um, which a lot of teams are looking for at the moment. I could see Josh Doxon falling into the first round. He needs to put a bit on, put a bit of weight on, I think, to really play into that role. But I think that comes with being part of the, in the NFL and he'll learn quickly. But I just like this guy. He's got good feet. Um, and and the other thing to look for, I think, we talked about running backs and what do you look for as well. When you look for wide receivers, look at their route running. You know how good with their route running is, and those those are the things that make the difference. Those are the difference between an Odell Beckham and a Cordero Patterson. And what I mean by that is Odell Beckham actually was in London last year and I went to a little talk that he was doing with some of the people and I managed to thankfully I managed to get to ask him a question I asked him I said what do you think the main difference was for what you had to do to make a first year impact because we've seen apart from the last couple of years previously it usually takes year two sometimes year three before a wide wide receiver hits and he said that the first four games he actually said was a real bonus to him because he could sit there with the notepad going through all of the different routes and he could watch it on the field. And so when he came in, he felt he was better prepared for the route running because he'd seen it on the field, not just in practice. And then if you look at guys like Amari Cooper coming out, really good, you know, really good route running. And then you look at somebody like Cordero Patterson. Can't run a route to save his life. You know, got all the physical capabilities in the world, but he can't run routes. You know, he's just going to do kick returning for the rest of his life. No, the job is to get separation, not be fast. Exactly. Or is there anyone on your list who maybe shades a little shorter and uh, is more of a stretch X kind of Deshaun Jackson type? Uh, no. <laughs> uh, pretty much. I mean, the shortest guy in the top five I've got on there is, is Corey Coleman, you know, and he's 5'11", 190. And he's been insane. He's just been so prolific. So, so prolific. But he is rapid. He played He played at Baylor, so of course he's going to be prolific. That, that offense was insane. Yeah, yeah, he is. And he... Um, the only thing with that, with that, with, with that, um, with that offense is that, though, is that the route running—they they don't run a huge amount of routes, you know. And I think that he might have to learn quite a lot, like learn new routes and stuff, because that that Baylor offense, as you say, it just kind of it runs itself after time. It's just kind of like perpetual motion; it just keeps rolling on. Um, so he, you know, he came out of a really good, um, really good setup there. But I mean. The guy had production. You cannot knock that. You know that spread offense they've got there um, is usually considered, as you say, like sometimes it can be a bit of a knock on a prospect coming out. But you can't look past that production. And you know, five eleven, good height, one ninety, could do with a bit more weight. But you know, solid, solid receiver. But he won't find his way into the first round. What do you think of his kind of uh, measurable clone over at Notre Dame, Will Fuller? They're both right around the same height. That Will Fuller's, I think, six foot. He's a little lighter, maybe 185, but they're both like 4'4 four, four guys. They're both kind of put up 
amazing numbers, um, were huge parts of their offenses. Where, where would you rank Will Fuller in comparison to Corey Coleman? I'd say just behind. Like, it's a similar thing. I think, isn't Will Fuller going back to college for another year? No, he's uh, he went ahead and declared. I mean, he's another guy that when he kind of came out of when he came out of high school, he was a you know really good, really like a four-star recruit. Um, you look at the production that he had. He didn't have a huge amount of receptions this year. Only 62. Yeah, he had more last year, 76. But you know he's had two over a thousand yard seasons, and then the touchdowns are insane. You know, 14 this year, 15 last year. He's got that production there. You really can't lie. Six foot, you know, and little you know not bad weight wise um but he's somebody that's also played at notre dame you know great great team so it means he's playing against he's playing against tough offenses you know he's playing against you know the likes of ohio state you know in the game of the day yeah what really what really stood out to me with will is that he had like 56 percent of the team's receiving touchdowns that is pretty insane i don't see him i don't see him going in the first round at all but i think uh a good chat for the second round I think there'll be some teams that are looking and going, coming out of good offense. I think, yeah. I think he could be uh, one to look at. Who do you have dragging up the rear at number five around a notch your top five? Well, I say dragging around. I mean, I do like Michael Thomas. The man's an animal. Like, he's coming from a really good setup over there at Ohio State. Ohio State have got so many players going in the draft. It's insane. They've got defensive linemen. They've got cornerbacks. They've got running backs, wide receivers. They've even got uh, a quarterback, Cardell Jones, going as well. So, yeah, Michael Thomas, 6'3", 210. I mean, he's just been solid for Ohio State. He's just going to be it. He's just going to be a very good player in the NFL, I think. To be honest, when I look at this, it's him and Josh Doxson for me, sort of, and Tyler. But it's all sort of. I could even put Michael Thomas second, you know. Like I was watching him when I was watching him in the, in the Notre Dame game. Now, granted, he didn't get a huge amount of the ball in that, but when he did, it was just he's just he was just so much bigger than everybody else, you know. He's a scary guy when he was running at him. I think he's gonna he, he gets himself like he lands himself at like a good quarterback somewhere. He's just gonna be a good player. Like he's a solid player coming out of a good offense. I like Michael Thomas. Yeah, if he's there. If he's there, sort of. Um, if he's there and you know the draft part, and I get a, if I get a chance to pick up Michael Thomas, and my boy Derek's not there, and you know, the Quantrad Rule's not there, I'd be very tempted to take uh, Michael Thomas. I think he's a great player for sure. And uh, as I mentioned at the top, I'm I'm not as well versed on the QBs this year, although I should be being a San Francisco 49er fan. You have uh, you have two uh, at the top, Paxton Lynch ahead of Jared Goff, and I would just like you to discuss the difference between the two. Why you put Lynch ahead of Goff and Kind of where you think they'll fall in the uh, in the first round in terms of uh, draft position. I think with Paxton Lynch, um, you've got that dual threat quarterback. I think that he's a he's a big guy. He's like six seven. Like he's a bit of a man mountain. He can he he. I don't want to I don't want to put too much into the whole um you know not not, not I wouldn't say Roethlisberger, but the guy can kind of keep a play going. Like, you know, you see at Roethlisberger, they have people sort of grabbing on and trying to hang on to him as he kind of keeps the play going and buys himself, you know, some much needed um, some much needed time to keep a play going. I think Paxton Lynch has that has that capability. He's got a good arm. I think Joff, I think Joff's kind of stock has fallen somewhat this season. Coming into this year, I think him and Connor Cook were the main two guys and Paxton Lynch has really sort of risen up the ranks. I think that physicality that comes with his game is, is a big attraction. So like some of the some of the MFL teams when they're looking at his figures and his stats. 
How would you characterize the this year's crop of talent, and where do you think it's uh, talent heavy in terms of positional depth, and and where do you think it's weak? Compare, for instance, the wide receiver class for this year to the past two, and maybe uh, the running back class to last year's. I think I think the last two years have been an anomaly. I think we have one year when you know we had I mean you had Sammy Watkins, you had Mike Evans, Devontae Adams, Dante Moncrief. You know, it was just loaded. <clears throat> Alan Robinson, Jordan Matthews. I mean, the list goes on about how many guys came out of that out of that list. Um, and then this year, we've seen a lot of running backs coming out. Um, you know, I Melvin Gordon. You know, he still has a role there in San Diego. Todd Gurley. We all know what he did. What he did. Buck Allen. You know, over there in Baltimore. We all know what David Johnson's been doing in Arizona, and these guys have really come through. However, <clears throat> I think this year, this year for me, there's not that depth. There's some really good premium players out there, but I, I think we're going to see a bit of a fall off. I think a lot of people had spoke about this, like the the Sammy Watkins, Mike Evans draft was the was the was the wide receiver draft. Last year was the running back draft, and this was meant to be the quarterback year. But um, those quarterbacks just haven't quite developed. You know, as I think when people were first looking at Christian Hackenberg and people like that, haven't quite pushed on in the same way they wanted. I don't see a huge amount of depth in this draft, sadly. I think there are some good players in there. You know, we talked about Paul Perkins. I think there's some guys there that can carve themselves a rollout. But from a premium standpoint, I think the list is the list is pretty short. Wonderful. Mark, this is a great interview. I really appreciate you taking the time out tonight. I know it's late back where you are, and uh, I can't wait for the league to hear this. I think they're going to really enjoy it. My pleasure. Anytime. That is it for Analyze This for the week. Hope you will join me next week when I interview the NFC Commish, Miami Brad. We'll go over the new league scoring and probably talk a little bit of trash. Until then, thanks for listening and have a great weekend. I'm Josh Bueno. Oh,